0: Hey, what up, Long Beach? Playoffs. That's right. We are talking postseason madness here in the local area. This is the562.org. I'm JJ. He's Mike. This is our podcast. And we are talking about what it takes to make it in the postseason. CIF Southern Section playoffs a little bit different this year. And Mike, I feel like we say that every year. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: before we get to that, uh, uh, Tyler couldn't join us today. If he were here though, JJ, I know he would be encouraging everyone to go subscribe to the 562. Sign up for our GiveButter for a monthly tax-deductible 5 or $10 donation. Um, GiveButter is our new platform. It takes less than a minute to sign up, just a couple clicks. So anywhere on the 562.org that you see the word subscribe, click that and go sign up, please. And yes, you hit it right on the head. I feel like every October I'm just texting with football coaches all over the city who want to know uh, how many teams are going to be in Division 1. What division am I going to be in? And are we going to get into the playoffs? You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I you mean, know, the systems change, so it's fair that there's questions about it. And I have invested a considerable chunk of my life into trying to develop, if not an expertise, at least a working knowledge.
0: Yeah, you've done a great job with those Cal ranking updates, which uh, if you are paying attention to high school football here in Long Beach, they do kind of decide who you play uh, in the playoffs. Obviously what you do on the field also helps decide that, but uh, we go to games on Friday nights. Mike does an incredible job on those articles. People are talking about it all week and I will still talk to coaches before the game and they're like, so what does this mean? If we win, what division are we in? And it's like, right. dude, first of all, nobody really knows. But, but second of all, the fact that people are asking questions, thinking that somebody else has the answer, is almost kind of funny in a game so popular as high school football.
1: Yeah, and just as a little plug, you can see those, uh, the Cal Preps rankings, um, as JJ alluded to, CalPreps.com does rankings. Those rankings are used now by the CIF Southern section at the end of the regular season to make their playoff divisions. So the only choice that the cif makes is how many teams go into division one it could be two teams it could be eight teams it could be 10 teams it could be 12. everything i've heard uh from my sources indicates it will be between 8 and 12 Um, and then that obviously decides everything else milliken for example is currently number 29. if they go with a 12 team division one milliken would be number one in division three if they go with a 14 team division one which is unlikely Milliken would be number 15 in Division 2. Huge difference between playing at the two seed in a playoff bracket and hosting the 16 seed in the bracket. So that's why that one decision has such a ripple effect all the way through the bracket. And that's why really our predictions, my projections, the advice that I've given to coaches, as well as what you see from other media members, it is all guesswork until Sunday at 10 a.m. when the CIF Southern section says, boom. This is who's in division one. And then you can basically sit here and go through the rest of the brackets. Uh, You know, you can sit there and make them.
0: Yeah, so that's Sunday, it is bracket day. We used to all wake up early on a Sunday, go get some donuts, and hang out in the parking lot outside of the CIF Southern Section office in Los Alamitos, just down the street, watching grown men in flip flops and basketball shorts flip coins to try to see if their team could win a couple games where they would be playing quarterfinal and semifinal contests. I miss it, Mike, I gotta be honest with you. (laughs)
1: I miss it enormously. It was one of my favorite days every year. I know you felt the same way about it. It's like, you know, it, it, it was just such a fun way of like having that reunion moment. You'd see coaches who used to coach in long beach who are at other schools now. Um, you know, it it just, it was a big, and then there was like, you know, big region-wide media stuff. And, Look like this is what we lose in the digital world. I think it's nice for all three of us that, as you said, you guys can sleep in, you know, a little later. I'm gonna be up. Uh, I'll probably be up no matter what. But Mike is
0: always up, is is what he's saying, guys. Yeah,
1: but like being able to get up at nine thirty to cover that versus getting up at eight thirty to take a shower and like go yeah. down They're Like I, there, there's a you know there's a benefit to that. It's certainly but nice. But getting the quotes,
0: coaches, getting the quotes was so easy. You just turn around and there was a the person you yeah. had to call. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, and. You know, film exchange, probably a little better now for coaches. They can send a huddle link instead of having to walk in there with a case of VHS, like (laughs) like they were the liquor store bootleg sales guy, you know. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like, let's let's break it down a little bit. The CIF has put out um, their guidance in their playoff bulletin that says uh, an at-large team cannot be the one seed in the division. That's the closest thing to a hint that you're going to get about this because if you look at it, well, who are your at large teams uh, that are going to, that you know that are really highly ranked? They're Trinity League teams. Based on the size of the division, every team in the Trinity League is ranked in the top 15 for the entire year. But only a couple of them are automatic qualifiers, right? So you can just look at where the Trinity League teams fall right now and say, okay, uh if they do an eight team division one poly is currently number eight so they would be uh on a bye, and then they would be at bosco in the quarterfinals tough draw tough tough draw (laughs) um if it's a 10 team bracket poly would host san clemente and then be at bosco bosco coming off a bye, also a tough draw not easy if it's a (laughs) if it's a 12 team i believe poly hosts servite and then would be at bosco but Th- those are the, like, that's how, you know, much it swings based on the size. If you look at where the Trinity leagues currently are Bosco and modern day one, two Olu is fit. is number five as a third place team. Santa Margarita fourth place is number seven Servite fifth place is number 10. And then Jay Sarah is number 12. So if J Sarah falls to number 13, it will not be a 12 team bracket like that's effectively what you can sort of look at and, and figure out based on this right now i think as the trinity league schools have come up we had originally sort of been hearing an 18 bracket look likely and i know there was probably some people who follow Polly closely who read my column going oh well Polly's currently only 0.5 points up on san clemente who's number nine so it's like oh if Polly fell 0.6 San Clemente goes up. Now, Polly plays Jordan, which is not a very highly ranked team. San Clemente plays Tesoro, which is a higher ranked team. You have the chance there that San Clemente jumps Polly to number eight. And if they did an eight team bracket, that would mean Poly would be number one in division two. That's how sort of like knife's edge, razor blade this stuff is. And it's the same thing with Milliken because they're so close to the bottom of D2 or the top of D3. Um, if they end up... What's currently happened that all of the Trinity League teams are in the top 12? I think what you will probably see is that they would just take the top 12 and they would say, Hey, we got all the Trinity League in a division one. The division two schools don't have to complain about we're really good schools. Why are we going up against a Servite or a school with a much bigger budget than us? So I have heard a little bit more momentum that that's possible, which currently would be one through 12 Bosco, modern days here at Canyon Corona Centennial. Olu Rancho Cucamonga Santa Margarita Polly San Clemente Servite Sarah and J Sarah and then Division Two would start at number thirteen with number one Los Alamitos. Congratulations to Los Alamitos if that uh, is what happens. And then Milliken, as we said, would be got a tank for
0: two. Mike (laughs) got to tank it for two. And they didn't do that, you know. But we, (laughs) uh, you know, would you blame anybody? Hold on, we talked about this last year. How far and away. Miller uh, modern day and St. John Bosco are for the from the rest of this this thing. They just they yep. just are. It's just the way that it is right now. And how easy it would be to just take those two out, let them go play the uh the the mythical CIM championship if you will, at like the Rose Bowl or something and just be done with it and let everybody else play for other championships. Right right right. blah blah blah. The private public thing that we really dove into uh right before you know, uh, Centen- Centennial out there in Corona was doing their thing. And then, uh, and then Edison got there and then we had like a, pr- a public championship. So that kind of went away as well. So like all of these moving pieces change it every year. Now, just to kind of wrap up the local team. So obviously we're talking about Poly and Milliken. Milliken, they're kind of on the bubble with seeing what is going to happen with division one, the ripple effect that that is. Lakewood with their win last week against Wilson and the assumed victory this week against Compton all but have clinched that third place finish, which is an automatic bid. So they're around the same place they were last year when they kind of caught fire there in the second half of the league. They go on their playoff run, that Red Swarm defense and that rushing attack, carrying them to a championship where unfortunately they did lose that thing at home to also a very good Northwood team. And then St. Anthony right behind them. I mean, those two could technically end up in the same division down the road because every year now, Mike, they are going to redo these rankings, but I think it's important to note, just as a high school um, athletics community, that that Sunday is when they do football. Now, all of the other sports, water polo, boys' water polo is coming out. Oh, on can we,
1: can we, can we briefly just finish up football with? I, I just, should. I've heard from a lot of Jordan fans who want to know if they're getting in as an at large.
0: But yeah, think, that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting to. Okay, okay, okay. That's what right I'm right. getting to. So. Water polo is on Saturday. Let's say tennis, I believe, is on Monday as well. Now, water polo and tennis, everybody's trying to get to this model where the results of this year put you in the playoff division that most reflects the quality of your team and the quality of the team that you're playing in the playoffs. But every single one will be doing it, has been doing it different, right? So when you go into that situation, look at how much evidence and reporting and information is available on high school football games that you didn't see. If you, right. if you turn on your phone on Saturday morning, you're going to be able to see a lot more information about high school football games in other towns than you would for a water polo or a volleyball. So it's in for it's, So it's interesting that the allowed information or the available information, I should say um, for these other sports is going to be a lot lower when they're trying to do this thing, which is projecting. So look at a Jordan, right? Jordan is on the bubble for what we would call the At large bids. Mike mentioned it before about the Trinity League teams. But think about this. If no one had ever seen Jordan play football, you could find so much information on Jordan football right now. So the football landscape is almost more conducive to promoting yourself and getting more of yourself out there to be more visible For the community at large. And then eventually, these people who are deciding your playoff brackets, because you have to have available information. If all you've got is the final score, I feel like teams like Jordan will be above other teams where the information isn't available.
1: Yeah. And you make a great point because there, there are, if you look at Preps's, and 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 to be clear, Preps's algorithm is proprietary. We haven't seen it. Uh, the right. CIF Southern section has- Which we, which we
0: agree should be the case, right?
1: Yes, it, it okay. is. They're an independent website. They have their own information. And so I don't even know how all of this stuff factors into their algorithm. What I do know is, as JJ pointed out, if you go look at their season previews before the season starts, they say for Long Beach Poly, key returners Darius Curry, key departures Dominic Lolasio, Donovan Poe. Like the and it even says like what stars rating yeah. these guys have as recruits, and then they have offensive and defensive ratings, so you can look at that and go. And I will say again, it's a computer model. It's really freaking good. Yeah, it's almost never been the case that like if you don't know anything about a team that a Long Beach team is playing, if you go look them up on Cal Preps. The algorithm is not is almost never incorrect in saying um, this is a good defensive team versus, you know, even if that's not what the scores show because it's normalizing for the strength of schedule and the quality of their opponents. Um, So I, you know, I think it's an incredible tool, but as you said, I mean, I've been on the Cal preps website since we started Uh, like that websites existed. They do projections. We do a little among sports writers. We'll say like, guess the score whatever, just among ourselves. They projected scores on the Cal Prep's website this entire time. There's not a place you could go look up the projection for what a St. Anthony and Polly Boys basketball uh, uh, game would be, right? And so in order for this model to be applied to the other sports, which I do think you're right, I I think that is what everyone wants, currently the other sports are also under a competitive equity model where teams move divisions, but they're moved based on the previous two seasons data every year. And that's not – What does that tell you for a basketball team that graduates a senior class with three division one players? What does the last two years tell you about what this year's team looks like? We've all known that, right? So it's sort of a – they're trying to go from broad strokes good system to a more finely tuned developed one, which I, you know, I think football has been, it's obviously been very good for the, the local teams.
0: And they've been working it for the last decade, man. They have yeah, yes. been working the system.
1: And, no, and that's a good point. The Cal Prep's algorithm has built on itself over the, uh, over the last several years, right? So now you're trying to create something. I'll, I'll use an educational analogy. Um, the LBUSD, my kids uh, take their standardized test. It's called the I-Ready test. They take it at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, and the end of the year. And for reading and math, it tells you, here's where your kid is on their grade level, and here's where they are in relation to the other students. Well, you know, the teachers I know were pretty upfront about, hey, the first couple years that we're running this model, it doesn't really have enough data to accurately place your kids among where the other students are, because it doesn't know where the other students are that accurately yet. And I think that's something that's worth looking at as as, uh, I would guess we start seeing this same computer model something similar to it uh incorporated for the other sports is how quickly does it get up to speed um in terms of that back data and uh, you know quite frankly we're not going to know the answer to that question um for some time we do we have seen homegrown efforts i know water polo um there's someone who's put together an algorithm and it's it's fun for dorks like me because it's literally in a spreadsheet you know it's like Division one's red, division two's green, <laughs> like teams bounce up and down. But it, it is, I, I do think there will be some trial and error as this model um, exports to other sports. But if if you look at what it's done for the Moore League in football, where you have multiple teams competing for CIF championships basically every year, Lakewood in their first ever CIF championship, Compton in their first championship game in 40 years, uh, you know, Jordan in their first CIF championship. Um, Poly St. Anthony wins a Division Four championship, St. Anthony in their first championship, and uh, since obviously uh, Johnny Books of the Five was there, so it, it's like it's been uh, Wilson. Obviously, I, I think if uh, Mark Zigenhagen's Wilson teams had gotten to play under this model, Wilson Facts. would be sitting on a couple chips right now, you know what I mean? So it's it, it is really exciting, and I think that for pub, like what the more league has, which is like underfunded public schools with talent and good coaches this is the right model for them because it's putting them up against teams they can compete against. I'll I'll use an example from right now. If girls volleyball employed a competitive equity model, Long Beach Poly would not probably be in division three, but also Beckman, who's like a top 10 team in the state, who's the one seed in their division for sure would not be in division three. And so a team like Poly that goes from fourth place to, to first place in their league is probably in a division with Wilson and other schools like of their level Whereas a Beckman, because they were in division three, they weren't eligible for the Division One, II split. And they're kind of just rolling through the playoffs right now with like right. these multiple division one commits, et cetera. So
0: yeah. As as Jim Carrick said very famously, it takes one guy. Like one person can absolutely right. change a high school program, no matter what sport we're talking about. Also, I do have to say, Mike, you do excel. When it comes to spreadsheets, color coding, <laughs> you know, I will say that Mike's lo- Mike loves stats.
1: <laughs> I You know, Jage, I like to think I'm on the, I'm somewhere on the middle between the advanced analytics people and the eye test people. You know what I
0: mean?
1: <laughs> like, like let me use the analytics to back up what the eye test tells me, you know?
0: Oh, that's interesting. Some people <laughs> go the other way. Please right. These analytics tell me what I should be looking for.
1: Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I like, I, I, I do look, I hear from so many, I heard from multiple coaches this week who are like, I hate this system. Right. It was easier when I just knew what division I was in, et cetera, et cetera. Those coaches are not the ones who benefited from, you know, getting into a CIA championship yet.
0: Right. So and, th- and those coaches are also probably aren't the ones who have on the back of their play calling sheet, the analytic breakdown of when they should be going for it on fourth or when they should be going for a two point right. conversion. Like the uh, the influx of analytics into sports across the board, I think, is the new the new frontier. You know what I mean? The next generation is like, how much do you go by gut and yeah. how much do you go like, honestly, as a Dodger fan? I think that they have Dave Roberts in that managerial position because he is a gut guy, but he's also the dude who told everybody in the front office, I'll just do what you tell me. Like, just give me the, just give me the numbers you've got. And I will, I will execute the analytical approach that you would like, but dude, you know where analytics don't work in like a five game playoff series, like the analytics across a season that will get you what you want. It will also get you like in high school sports, We'll get you a, a as close as you can possibly get to a fair playoffs, right? Right. But when it comes to the playoffs, bro, when it's when it's fourth and whatever at what and whatever, you've got to go your gut. I that's I, what
1: uh, I think. complete, completely, completely agree. I mean, because otherwise, why are we not just watching Madden and simulating it to the end? You know what I mean? Like those yeah. gut calls that that that's what this stuff is you about. You gotta feel the
0: game. Level. Yeah. yeah, you gotta feel the game. Totally agree. But- for sure.
1: All right. Well, there it is. There's a the playoff. Do you have any other questions? Have you heard any other questions that we didn't answer? I think we got to most of the stuff I've heard. Oh, J- Jordan, let's, let's break down Jordan. Okay. So um, as JJ mentioned, so the big division in the Cal preps football thing is between what they call AQs, which are automatic qualifiers and at large bits. This is the, this is where there has been the most justified criticism of this system is you do occasionally have um, an AQ who does not get in, and uh, which is not something that previously would sort of happen. So, um, polly and Milliken and Lakewood are, as JJ said, almost certainly one, two, three in the more League. Those are the three AQs. Those three teams going to the playoffs, whatever division the computer spits out, that's what division they'll be in. Jordan, unless they upset polly on Thursday night, likely is the fourth place team and is hoping to get in as an at large. Now they have, a, they will have a very good case. Um, they did not play the most challenging non-league schedule, but even presuming a loss to Polly, they will be seven and three, which is two games over 500. Um, and obviously they put up a lot of points and have looked really good, uh, this year. They have a good chance to be an at-large team. We also had a team last year uh, Jordan had a chance to be an at-large team last year and did not get in. I yeah. think seven wins gets you in, but the truth of it is if you are in a 16 team chunk, where the other teams are automatic qualifiers, you will have some random divisions where there are no at-large bids. And Jordan will not know that. uh, And I'm just not good enough at math to look at this thing and figure out who the AQs and at-larges are. Um, you, You really won't know that.
0: You, you're crazy- good enough at math buddy you just don't have the time because that would be a ridiculous amount of time to put it's it the
1: spider web thing it's yeah, like everything yeah. affects everything else if you this then
0: yeah. that then 20 million other possibilities
1: right so you know so so jordan will see they they are prioritizing teams that are 500 or better which is good news for jordan at uh at you know with seven wins at a minimum um and then if you look at the other potential at larges wilson uh we feel very confident is going to uh, decisively win against Saddleback that will improve their record to four and six. Um, if they do not get in as an at-large, that could be a lesson um, that if they're going to emphasize the 500 record, you may be some coaches like a Justin Utupo or a Scott Meyer who put together challenging non-league schedules. That may not be the correct strategy yep. for this, for this uh, playoff. We, t- format. So we talked about it
0: last play. year. Yeah. We talked about that last year. It's like, get your wins.
1: Well, and Jordan did, Jordan did that. Yep. You know, they they went and and they scheduled teams and I know um you I've talked to some Jordan alums who said like I'd like to see us playing better teams with the talent we had and I said you got to be over 500 man. Like that's mm-hmm. that's the that's the most important thing. So, uh the other team St. Anthony undefeated Del Ray League championship. Um I, one of the things I like about these Cal Preps rankings is they answer for us the question of w- right around where do you think St. Anthony would be in the Moore League? And I basically agree with what the algorithm says the algorithm's got lakewood 109 jordan 110 they're actually one spot apart in the rankings wow and then then they've got saint anthony at 120 and i think that's it that sounds about right to me like i think polly and Milliken are on another level
0: i wouldn't be surprised with
1: jordan saint anthony i could see any one of those three teams beating the other two that's
0: exactly what i was going to say yeah for sure
1: yeah. So, yeah. So that's what we're looking at. And then obviously, you know, sort of a tougher road for, you know, Compton and Cabrillo really not much of a shot uh, at all to get in as an at-large, but for a team like Cabrillo, it is interesting because they are in division 14 that been in the lowest division the whole time this format has existed. There's not really any automatic qualifiers down there. It tends to be more or less exclusively at-larges. And so if Cabrillo goes out and goes, how many games could we win in the more league? Can we be Compton next year? Maybe. We feel pretty good about that. Are we going to win any other more league games? Maybe not. But how do we go get four non-league games that are wins for us so that we get a 5 and 5 record and have a shot at a division 14 at large playoff bid? Like that is the yeah. kind of thing that If you're reading this model, I think, you know, coaches should be looking at because I think that that's very much in play, especially in those lower divisions.
0: Get uh, get our lady of perpetual guilt high school on the schedule right now. Toot sweet, dude. (laughs) Let's do it. Go to the
1: the Air Force base that that Team St. Anthony played, you know. (laughs) (laughs)
0: God bless them respectfully god bless him (laughs) um yeah okay so like we like we said saturday is water polo sunday is football so if you want the release of those brackets and all the information obviously get to the 562.org because we will be breaking it down we'll have another episode of the podcast next week talking about what we think is going to happen in the playoffs because at that point we'll pretty much know where everybody's going to be Uh, Thank you to everybody who is a uh, supporter of us at the562.org. Obviously, as Mike mentioned at the top, subscribe, please. There's a big button at the top of of the website. It sends you to Give Butter, which is our new subscription model. Get on there. Every little bit helps. We have got some great momentum headed into this year, you guys. We have got a bunch of new sponsors on the Schools and Sports our internship program is bigger than it's ever been. We've got people donating straight to the internship program as well, which is really, really exciting for us and these kids who are getting to uh, getting to learn about being a journalist on the job with us in our own community. It's by us. It's for us. It's all here, and it's all happening at the562.org. So please get involved. We love you, Long Beach, and we'll see you in the stands. Peace.